Comedy LOL Podcast Network. or something came in. Alright. It would have probably been silent if the mouse came in or just been in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's try this again without hissing from the cats. It probably didn't I wish it got, but if you didn't hear it, it probably didn't get recorded. Alright, here we go. I do not believe in the creed professed by the Jewish church, by the Roman church, by the Greek church, by the Turkish church, by the Protestant church, nor by any church that I know of. My own mind is my own church. All national institutions of churches, whether Jewish, Christian, or Turkish, appear to me no other than human inventions set up to terrify and enslave mankind and monopolize power and profit. And that is by Thomas Paine from The Age of Reason. So when you sent me this quote, I had to do a little bit of uh, research, just kind of, you know, when you hear the name Thomas Paine, for me, obviously, you think of Common Sense, which is a pamphlet that he wrote in support of the American Revolution. And I was like, okay, well, I've never heard of The Age of Reason, this thing that he wrote, so let me just go and delve into it a little bit more. This is so reflective of the ideals of the time. What I think is so important to look at is um, the part in the quote that that you sent me that um, is bolded, my own mind is my own church. Um, It just kind of made me want to think, like, what was his definition of a church? A place where ideas are are brought about or things are explained. Um, You know, in the last part of it where he says that a church or national institutions are set up to uh, terrify and enslave mankind. I mean, the reality is, if we think back thousands and thousands of years, the idea of a religion came about about for people trying to explain things that they thought were unexplainable, right? And then, obviously, they had these these thoughts that maybe some people had more insight than others. And you have the idea of like shamans or like these spiritual leaders and stuff like that. And obviously like, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I think that that's kind of where it was coming from. And it was very reflective of the ideas of the time of the enlightenment and, um, you know, humans being able to explain things and without needing to look necessarily look at like church doctrine. Yeah. What happened, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that crazy? All these people talking about enlightenment and freedom and realizing that. And then now you look at what people are talking about. We, it's not really, um, it's not really a long shot or it's not crazy to say that we might be actually in a dark age when it comes to things like that, because I'm talking about in the public sphere, because when you talk to most people, they could profess all day about how they love freedom and how we're free and we love freedom. But it's like, Freedom is more about, like he says, his own mind is his own church. It's all about individuality. It's all about taking care of yourself. Yes, helping other people to another extent, but kind of, you know, doing your own thing, taking responsibility and taking care of yourself and around you. And that's how we could be free. But when you look to external sources like a church or a government or somebody else, like you said, absolute power corrupts absolutely. So what happens is people, when problems arise... You, you could do two things. You could look at yourself and say, what can I do to help this problem? Or you could say, let's get someone else to fix this. There should be a law about this. What's going on here? So that's kind of 
that same spirit, and that's why I love this. And quote. I think it's such a great tie-in to the card we're going to be talking about today, the Devil card, um, because at least for my explanation and my interpretation and, and my insight into it, is it can kind of go both ways in terms of external sources kind of enslaving you and um, like having this power over you and monopolizing your mind and your body and maybe even your spirit. But I also think that that can also be internal. Your own mind can enslave yourself in your own obsessions and things like that. Um, So we'll get to that in a little bit, but I I think that's such a great tie into the card. Um, So what are we doing today? Today we are starting on a brand new suit the suit of swords. That's going to be our fall suit. And you know what I love is that it's like, um, someone was like, why are you using swords for the fall? And I was like, well, you know, like when they say you're going to fall on your sword. <laughs> I don't know. It had yeah. nothing to do with it, but I just thought it was funny. So we're going to talk about swords, like and then we're going to talk about the devil card. Um, but what I want to start off talking about is, just like we did with cups, kind of what – do swords represent, at least in the tarot and in terms of astrology, and what can you think of if you ever pull those cards, either as a card of the day or in a specific reading or spread? Um, All right, so I just have just a few notes here to talk about the suit of swords. It is obviously going to be our fall suit. It is the spade suit in a standard deck, so um, cups was the hearts. This is the spades. I like that we're doing like a red-black, kind of alternating there. And I wrote down that it is associated with struggle slash mental illness. So I think a lot of the cards in this particular suit can be very aggressive in terms of their imagery in the Rider Waite. Um, but it's definitely reflective of a hardship or a decision or something like that. I said that the court cards are reflective of air signs. So we're talking Aquarius, Libra, Gemini. You'll definitely see that when we look at our other deck, uh, the last two uh, different interpretations later on. I love this one is the physical attributes that you would think of if you pull a court card for swords. It is dark hair, so black um, or dark brown, boldly colored eyes. So I think normally when we think of that, we think of like piercing eyes. um, So that would be like a lighter eye color. Fair complexion, skinny, and a long body. So that's if we were going to pull a court card and you're like, what does this person look like? That would be it. I speak, um, I'm saying that it also covers thoughts, belief systems, struggles, conflict, logic, communication, and intellect. And I think a lot of times our own struggles can be intellectual problems, things that we just think up in our own minds. You know, I love those memes that are like me obsessing about something that never happened. Because <laughs> um, I mm-hmm. like, like, I, you know, I hear that. Um, so let's get into the swords. I think. Yeah, I'm, I just want to read something here. I have a book. It's called Path of the Fool. And this is a great book. It's a Kindle book you can get. And it has all of the pictures of all the cards from the tarot full size. And that's what I use when we're podcasting to look at. And then it also has a description of all the cards. And it's by Michael Tazarian. It's, uh, it's T-S-A-R-I-O-N, I believe his last name is. And you can go to Amazon.com through our link and buy it. And that'll give us a piece of it, and, help, uh, and that'll help us out. And that's uh, we'll talk about that later, too. I'll talk about how to do the Amazon thing later. Um, so anyway, I want to read this, and it's about swords. And it says, Swords denote mental temperament. They reveal the nature of our thoughts and intentions, as well as communications with others. They indicate whether our thinking patterns are logical or illogical, healthy or unhealthy. They indicate the strength or weakness of our agreements with others and let us know whether we are likely to experience deception fraud or other challenges 
They advise us on how we solve problems created by ourselves or other people. They suggest ways of resolving arguments and means of compromise. Swords represent speed, skill, acuity, clarity, and honesty. They denote intellect, interests, and projects, and whether the time is right to reveal our ideas to the world. Swords provide insight into desires, hopes, and expectations, and whether these are realistic or not. They convey how other people perceive us on a day-to-day basis and shed light on the agendas of people with whom we come into contact. Yes, and I think that it, if I'm listening to that, right, it's not nearly as aggressive as the images would potentially make you or lead you to believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I believe the, um, and we're going to get to this obviously with every card, but when you're looking at swords, they do look so aggressive and they look so scary. And the reason for that, I believe, is it is supposed to be aggressive and scary, but it's trying to get your attention. It's not saying that something quote-unquote evil or bad is going to happen but it's trying to get your attention say hey this is something that needs attention now it's like hey wake up you know and for me just thinking so. about how we started with cups and we're moving to, to swords now it, it is in such a nice balance of like mind versus heart heart being cups mind being swords yeah i like how we did that and because swords are really i think from what i hear one of the most understood suits and the cards that come up in the swords so it's great that I think we went from the cups into the swords like that. We just took that challenge head on. And, you know, I've, I've had some people tell me that they actually didn't care for us spending so long on talking about the cup cards because they never felt a connection to emotions or feelings or, um, like, intuition, and they wanted something that was a little bit more logical. So now we're jumping right into that. Here we go. All right. I hear you. This is my lot. That's my area. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's good, too. I could say that I, f- I felt the same way about the cups because I'm a very logical person. But the way I looked at it is it just helped me learn more because there's a reason. You know, if, if it's an area that you don't know about, sometimes you stay away from it because of that. But it, I, we're just like, let's charge into it. Right. So. And it gives you kind of a chance to get, get a different perspective or kind of grow in an area that you feel like maybe you're not necessarily, you know, super strong in. Okay, so I'm going to start off with our Ace of Swords card here, and just like every week, I'm going to describe it. So the Ace of Swords card, the background is gray, and you have a little cloud, a swirly cloud over to the left, which is like a darker gray. Out of the swirly cloud is a white hand. The hand is grasping at a blue slash gray-ish sword, um, kind of coming out from like it looks like the heavens. And at the top of the sword, because it's pointing upwards, at the very, like, almost tip of the sword, you have a crown with, like, these laurels or these branches off on each side of it, kind of draped on the left side and the right side of the crown. And at the bottom of the card, you've got a, it looks like mountainous landscape, but it's a combination color-wise for me of, like, brown and blue. And so there's our Ace of Swords description. If you want to see it, you can Google it. Or you can look at our uh, Instagram at Terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, and the number 2. And Brandon always picks pictures that are, like, much clearer probably than the description that I just gave. So let's jump in here and talk about initial thoughts. What did you initially think when you looked at this? Initially, it looks like you're about to be given something. It looks like it's a gift. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and because there's a crown, it looks like some kind of maybe rulership or that it's just a 
a righteous gift like from God. Yep. I wrote down um, victor slash victory. Um, at least that's what I think of when I see like those types of plants. And I said a Julius Caesar type of power through force. So a victory through force slash cutting through bullshit. Yeah. I like that you said Julius Caesar because if you look into any of that Roman history with Julius Caesar or all the stuff that was written, you know, how they say it's written by the winners. Yep. Um, it, it is amazing to see how Julius Caesar, how he did conquer. He had this divide and conquer strategy that was just insane. He would find two different tribes that were warring and he would just say, hey, well, we'll help you out with this one. So then one tribe would get rid of the other and then he would get rid of them. Brilliant. It's like the Mongols. I'm you know, I'm saying brilliant, but I'm not saying like I admired it. I'm just saying it was very smart. Exactly. A military genius. You know, I was just Evil as a genius, <laughs> eh, you know, if, if he didn't do it, somebody else probably would have, you know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now, now let's. Your honor, if I didn't murder this person, <laughs> someone was going to murder him. <laughs> let's go into the different images here in the card. Okay. Let's start off with the hand that's coming out of the cloud. What did you think? Um, I like how it's white hand, mm-hmm. so. Wow. To me, it represents that <laughs> divinity. Oh, okay. Or um, divini- divinity. That divinity, like the divine hand of God, mm-hmm. which I take as being coming from inside. So it's the way I try to talk all about a lot of this is when you're talking about God and the consciousness, we are all part of the universal consciousness. Technically, we all we all are God. That's what a lot of these Eastern religions will say, like Buddhism and stuff. So you could take it to be something that's coming from inside. It could be the voice that you need to listen to. It's trying to tell you something. It's that, like, because it has the crown, it's that important voice. It's like natural law, maybe, something like that. Do you know, I also wrote down godlike, and then I, did a, I drew a little arrow, and I said predestination, which is, I feel like, a conversation we were having, um, or at least I know I was having in the last couple uh, weeks. Um, so I said predestination to achieve something. So it's kind of like you were destined to have this decision or this power or this um, gift, and it's being given to you, and then it's kind of your choice how you choose to use it. Yeah, very true, and that highlights really well determinism and free will, how they work together. There's both. Mm-hmm. There's those forces. You have chances and opportunities, and if you take those chances and opportunities you could turn them into something great like the sword or the crown on it all right so let's look at the crown what were your thoughts on the crown um i like how it's not touching it's hovering there so it just implies spirit or uh, like air or force or will or something there's some kind of force that's holding it there exactly and for me because it's not kind of like draped on it or like even um balanced on the top it's, again, one of those, it was supposed to be there. There's some kind of special force holding it there, mm-hmm. which goes back then to uh, the hand. Oh, I didn't say for the hand. Um, I think that because that it's white, it gives also that, like, purity of it's not one way or the other in terms of good or bad. It's just kind of how you interpret it. And going back to what you said about swords, if it's, like, deals with like the intellect and decisions and you know your relationships with people it's all what you make of it and how you're interpreting it and so but at the root it's always going to be this pure thought for sure 
Okay, let's look at the plants. I called them the laurels coming off of the crown. Did you have any thoughts on those? Anytime you see royalty or a lot of stuff, especially Roman and going back to, like we said, Caesar, you see these laurel leaves and they're the laurel leaves of power. I like how they're dangling, though, mm-hmm. because it, they look like serpents to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nothing ever really is uh, coincidental, they say, in this deck. So for me, I, I think they're trying to give some kind of shout out to that. Maybe it's both the masculine and feminine energies that we're looking at here. That's why one's bearing fruit. And one just has leaves. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts? Would you you know, um, I agree with you. I said um, victor slash ability to overcome and win. But now that I'm looking at it, you know, I think also if I wanted to take maybe a little bit more of a pessimistic approach, they could all uh, almost, if I'm thinking about like a laurel crown, right? You know, if you think about ancient Rome, Caesar, um, any of honestly the Caesars, they would wear this laurel crown and it would be, um, draped on their head, but these look a little wilted. Yeah, they're just hanging Right, there. and it's almost like, for me now looking at it, it's giving me this idea of um, maybe, you know, you don't want to take too long hovering on this decision or on this thought or something like that because eventually it's just going to go sour. And you know what else that just came to me? It could be... I love that. Actually, I don't want to just gloss over that because that's very important, definitely. But to add to that, I would like to say that this could mean this could be the opportunity for you to take charge in the situation because this cra- this hand is handing you the sword with the crown and the laurel leaves to put on your head. So it's like, here you go. Here's your costume that you need to do what you have to do. Get this stuff together. And like I said, it could just be in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get your inside together to go do what you got to do. It's not about always ruling other people. Absolutely. Unless, I mean, you really want to do that, in which case you should probably be able to rule yourself first. Yes, for sure. Yeah, but what do I know? Anyway, um, all right, let's look at the sword. Let's finally get to what we're going to be talking about this whole next few weeks. This, the, the sword in this image, for me, I wrote down Excalibur-esque. Yeah, it's very medieval-ish. But I'd like to point out right away that this sword, if you look at it, what is it? It's an upside-down cross or just a cross. Yes. Depending on how you look at it. And, what I mean, what were your thoughts on that? Well, crosses, to me, um, when you're looking at the the symbolism of them, there's, in the zodiac itself, there's a cross. Because if you look at the, if you take the zodiac like a wheel Mm -hmm. in a circle, and I, I, you know, I could put a picture of this also in the, um, in the, on the, Instagram. So if you're listening to this, you can form a cross and it points to the different equinoxes and then also the solstice. So you have the two solstices across from each other and then you have the two equinoxes and they make a perfect cross. So that symbolizes the journey of the sun. And that's where you get into like astro theology and you get obviously into Christianity because they use the cross, which <laughs> who died on the cross, the sun, the S U N, the S O N. So um, that's where I really look at when I see – that's what I really think about when I see crosses. They're really uh, talking about the Zodiac because you could draw a sword however you want. You don't need a hilt like that. So they were, they were doing that for a reason. Um, I love that, and I think it ties in so nicely because it's almost the solstice. I mean, we have a few weeks, but um, – mm-hmm. 
I, you know, when you said a cross and I look at it, you said it's like an upside down cross. And for me, you know, the history of, of Christianity was a lot of the saints or martyrs didn't want to be crucified like Jesus, right? Because they thought that that was very special. So they got asked, they asked to be crucified upside down. Wow. I, there's so much there. That's crazy. <laughs> and then if you think about it, when the body is laying upside down, right, it looks like this cross, obviously, or this, yeah. this sword. Um, and not saying that this then would, because I think that can be taken two ways, what I just said. I think you could take it as a way of like, this is then anti-Christianity because it's going against the way that we perceive the cross and the way that we think that Jesus was crucified. Or it could be interpreted as it is a nice balance to those ideas. Yeah. I, I, I like, because the ideas themselves aren't, you know, the ideas of Jesus, the, <clears throat> if you take what he said, and if you use his life as a model, as a way to live, you know, as a, uh, just as a guide, I guess, the way, the way to live your life, it's not a bad thing. If more people did it, we'd be a lot better off. Mm -hmm. And I think when you start to get stuck in the dogma of it, instead of the ideas that they teach, that's what, that's the problem with these religions. And then they use these same ideas, but they use them to control people. And they use these symbols to do the same thing. So that's why I think the cross is everywhere because it has been such a powerful symbol for humans for so long. You see crosses everywhere way longer than Christianity, you know, if you look back. So, um, yeah, I think it's great. And it's central. It's right in the center of this card. So even though they're putting all this stuff around it, if you take it away, it's just a sword in the middle of the card. So it's definitely the most important thing on this card. Yeah. And I also like how the hand is... I don't know about on your card, but the one I'm looking at on the hand, there's like these rays coming off it, shining. Yes. So it really goes to that divine God power. Mm -hmm. And I think if we go back to, if you go back and listen to our podcast where we talk about the number one, I think that, you know, it talks about like the solidarity there and kind of the ability to just be on your own. But also I think that for some people could have this idea of like loneliness or, you know, um, being alone, but it's, there's such a strength in that number one. And I think that this card beautifully showcases that. Yeah, for sure. All right. The other couple things I wanted to talk about here were the mountains in the, on the bottom of the card. Yeah. So as we said before, um, if you listen to other podcasts of the show, if this is your first time listening, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Um, but as I've said before, mountains can represent obstacles that are in your future in the past like if you want to get to a certain goal you have to go through hardships and hard times and those are what the mountains can represent but they make you a stronger person but it can also represent what you've been through and where you came from so maybe you already conquered those mountains and they're in the distance and you can look back at them and say listen i have this experience i have this knowledge i know what i'm doing look at those mountains i already conquered and that was so long ago because look at how far away they are I'm good to go. Let's on to the next thing. Let's take this sword, this crown. Let's get things done. Um, did you think anything about the color of the mountains? What did you think? Well, on my card, they look like a combination of blue and brown. And I think that there's, even though I just said before that the swords is going to be like our, our air signs, I think that's a nice combination of water and earth. Um, and yeah. what you just said um, in terms of the, the mountains and like obstacles – Looking at it, 
the sword is so prominent in the card. And for me looking at it, it's like you've got the balance of the water and the earth. And it's almost like because the mountains are so small, it gives the idea that anything is possible if you like use your mind, actually focus on what you're supposed to be doing, kind of the whole concept of swords. Because we've seen other cards where the mountains look bigger. Yeah, it's kind of like you can move mountains because, I mean, we're just assuming that these mountains are in the distance, right. but, oh, my cat, my cats are having, like, a full-on MMA bout right in the kitchen <laughs> right now. They must know. Can you hear that? I can. <laughs> They're just playing, though. It's so funny. They're, like, hugging each other. I should really be videotaping this. <laughs> this is, like, a treasure to behold. They never do this. I mean, they wrestle, but they must know how my cats This is hilarious. So what I was saying is that we just assume that these mountains are in the background, but, you know, this sword could be that big and the hand could be that big that it's just above these Mm -hmm. mountains. And it's trying to say to you, like you said, you know, anything's possible. Right. Um, Okay. So in terms of, like, the the different images or symbols on the card, that's all I had. Um, Is there anything else you wanted to point out? It's just maybe the flames, the six flames, the three on each side. Okay. uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, what does that say to you right off the bat if you're looking at it? What are you thinking? Um, I was kind of thrown by it, but for me looking mm. at it, I think that it's a nice combination and representation then of all of the different aspects of, or all the different elements. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. So you got the earth and the water down at the bottom. Um, and then you've got the actual flames, the fire, and then you have the air, which is the sword. Love it. Let's let's go into if this comes up in a general reading, what would you say? I would say this looks like some sort of new beginning or new idea. So maybe you have a new idea which could lead to a new path. Mm-hmm. You have to remember that's how everything is started. That's how things are created in the world. And I really think that's how they're trying to illustrate that creative force because it just kind of comes out of the cloud. But everything starts as just an idea. And if you focus on that idea and keep working on an idea, then you can manifest it and bring it into the world. Then it becomes an action that you take. But that works the reverse way, too. So even if, say, if this card came reversed, maybe it's something bad. It's a bad idea that you had. You know, let's just say smoking or maybe overeating, right? Um, you ha- It starts as a thought. It always starts as a thought. And if you learn that and you learn to realize you could just let that thought go, and every time it comes in, you could just say, oh, you're just a thought, and you can let it go. That's a way to overcome it. And I've found that meditation actually helps with that. That's something that I work on. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I think that that's really what I would tell somebody. A new idea, or maybe you need to focus on it, and I would just get into it from there. Mm-hmm. I said, if this came up in a general reading, I said, um, just the ability to think for yourself Again, I was just kind of going off of the number one here since it is the ace and um, and to not be like bogged down by the ideas or influence of others. And so I think that if we're talking about, you know, logic and decision making, I think a lot of times people ask advice from other people as opposed to just like listening to their own um, their own inner monologue or their own thoughts and feelings. I said breaking down walls to enlightenment um, in terms of like a mental enlightenment um, against the advice of others. So it's one of those like, no one knows what you need to do better than you. So trust that. Yeah. And I I like what you talked about the internal voice, because there's a negative aspect to that too. 
So what happens is people, when we grow up, people are always telling us stuff like our parents are always repeating these things, saying these things. And after a while, we start to internalize it. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's look both ways, you know. Sometimes it's, hey, take the pot handle for the pot and put it over the stove so the kids don't grab it. Sometimes they're good things, you know. Hey, why don't you turn around when you're backing up and look behind you Mm -hmm. instead of just looking in the mirrors. You know, these are positive ones. But then there's also ones that are, oh, that idea is stupid. Oh, that would never work. Oh, that's bullshit. Oh, so there's these voices, too, that we internalize. And like I said before, if you could just stop to realize that these are just ideas that pop up or voices or whatever they are, you can learn to work with them and let them go. And you can even my, – my the way I do it, because everyone's different. The way I do it, though, is I just start to laugh at these voices. I mean, obviously, they still will affect me. But sometimes I'm like, oh, wait a minute. And then I just break out laughing and people look at me and I, I – you know, I can't explain that. What am I going <laughs> to – but it's like – I'm just laughing at the voice in my head. Oh, okay, sir. Here, come here. Put this jacket on. <laughs> we got a straight jacket for you. But, um, yeah. Uh, but you're right with the intuition part of it. We we know already. We already know. So you just got to learn to quiet your mind and listen to your inside. Yep. Um, and I think that a lot of times people are looking for somebody to tell them what to do because they don't want to listen to the their own inner monologue or their own voice inside of them because they don't want to do that in terms of whatever yeah, that is telling well, them to do. There's a lot of fear that could be attached to that, though. you got to remember, like, when I started doing stand-up comedy, I came across this. Um, somebody was saying that when you start to work on stuff that you really like, because sometimes in the beginning you just – you know, you'll work on whatever you should make people laugh and it's kind of like hacky or whatever. I'm not speaking for everybody, but like, say for me. And then after a while, you start to talk about things in your life. And these are ideas that really matter to you. So if you fail, it's going to mean more to you because these are your real thoughts and ideas. So you have more invested, mm-hmm. you know, so it's it's that same kind of idea. Um, but I think you just you just can't be afraid to fail. Yep. Uh, I think I totally lost where I was talking about there, but anyway. All right, so let's move on, though, then, to the – if this came up in a love reading, what would we think? Ooh. Um, if this came up in a love reading, I would say that oh, it's, it could – you know, there's so many things here. I mean, even though it's a sword, it could just represent a new idea or a new way of doing things or approaching a relationship – so even though it's not a cup and it, it's not having to do with the cups, this could just – maybe it's like you guys – if somebody's coming to me, for example, and they're having an issue with their significant other, maybe it's somebody they're, they just started dating, um, this could just signal, listen, you, there's maybe a way – you got to approach it differently. You got to think about things differently. Maybe you guys don't – you know, because not everybody thinks the same way. That's a problem that – I know when I was younger, it was a hurdle that I had to overcome because I would see things a certain way. And I'm like, why can't this other person see this, Mm -hmm. you know, and it would drive me crazy. You know, we're thinking of logic because I'm a very logical person. So I'm just like, it's just makes sense. And it's true. So why can't this, you know, so I would just, it would drive me crazy. It would lead to frustration. So now I just realized, Hey, everyone's different people's minds actually work differently they look at things totally differently so this is a a great thing to bring up for somebody if they're having this problem because it doesn't mean that the relationship isn't going to work because if you can overcome this it's something easily overcome and then once you know it then you guys could still get along Mm -hmm. you know it's 
it's little things like this that people don't want to work on and then they just want to move on to the next thing because it's like you know everything's mcdonald's everything's temporary we just throw it away everything's like oh i got this you know whatever so yeah I sound like an old man, but I guess I'm becoming one. So, <laughs> I, get off the lawn. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote down um, if this came up in a love reading. I thought that this was. I, I'm honestly so glad that we're going to be focusing on every week that we focus on if this did come up in like a love or a relationship focus reading because I think as we move away from the more emotion based cards or suit of cups, it could be harder to kind of interpret these cards in that way. But I think a lot of the times when people ask me to do readings for them, that's what they want to focus on, which is it's always relationship focused or a majority of the time. Um, so I said, this is a great combination of um, the emotion part of the love cards like cups but obviously it's a different suit I said you have this high idea of what you want a relationship to be um so if you pull this card it would be like I want to have somebody that I have this intellectual connection with in terms of we can have conversations about um you know different intellectual things and it's not going to be not necessarily saying that there's not an emotional connection but you're prioritizing that intellectual connection over that so I said that would be, um, regardless, like across a board, single or in a relationship, I said that if you were single, um, this is meeting somebody that you could share those thoughts with. And I didn't say feelings because, again, I'm going towards the more logical side here of saying the thoughts and experiences and opinions versus like emotions and feelings and stuff like that. All right. So... Now let's talk about career. This comes up in a career reading. What do you think? In a career, I would say that this could symbolize some change because it is a sword. And what do we do with swords? We kill things, we chop them, we cut them off. So this could, maybe it's the opportunity that you've been waiting for to go out on your own. And I <laughs> I love to talk about things like this because I did just think because of my personal experience, once I used to work in a job like I would I sold cars and I worked in the car business for a long time did different things and before that I was um in a different sales job and then I was in the marine corps so it's all, it's all these things with a, with a bunch of people and now I DJ so I'm either working by myself or with one other person um in conjunction with other people but it's it's more of um I'm out on my own and I'm doing my own thing and I'm using my creativity so I, that's why I like to talk about this stuff because for me it's made such drastic changes in my life that I can't even really even explain. And now working on this podcast, it's even better. So if like if for example, I I mean you see people that live off a of podcast and stuff like that all the time. I could just only imagine where they're at. And it's not I'm not saying it's like easier because obviously I still have bills and mm-hmm. stuff and it's <laughs> but you know, I would just tell the person if you wanna get out on your own and you wanna do your own thing this could represent that opportunity. Here's that, that um, gift the universe has given you to do. So take that crown, put it on, take that sword and go to work. I said that this would be, if I was going to choose um, careers or a career path, it would be intellectual work or military work. Obviously I think that's going to come up in most of the sword cards. Um, but I said, if this came up in a reading, if this card came up in a spread, I would say it is, um, I wrote down thinking outside of the box, following a hunch at work that you know will pay off, maybe sometimes even 
those others are saying, like, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that's worth it. I don't think that's something that you should be focusing on. If you yourself believe that and you know it's a good idea, kind of following that. And I think sometimes passion pays off more than just, like, like a good idea. If you have a great, great idea but you don't put all the energy and effort into it, it's not going to go anywhere, you know? Yeah, exactly. Think about that. Just think about all the big ideas in the world. I mean, you know, there's a lot of random chance that needs to occur, but you have to be there putting in that work. All right. So do you have any final thoughts on our Ace of Swords card? No, I think I'm good. Perfect. Let's jump in here then to our Major Arcana card, which is the devil. We did already discuss this in a previous podcast, so you can go back and listen to that to see kind of what our initial thoughts were there. Um, But I will give you a brief rundown description of the card. There's a black background. In the center, you have a figure. It has like a human chest, arms, um, and then it looks like a goat head and kind of goat legs, but at the bottom, its feet are like claws. It's kind of perched atop this black column that's in the center at the bottom of the picture. Attached also to that column is like this metal circle. The metal circle has these two chains on it. The chains are then each one attached to the neck of a human figure. So on the left, the chain is attached to this female figure, and on the right, it's attached to a male figure. This devil character in the center that's perched on this um, black column has gray wings, and in his left hand, our right, he's holding on to this it looks like a maybe like a stick or something that's on fire, and he's holding it downwards. So his left hand is pointing downwards, holding that flaming stick, and then his right hand on our left side, the hand is pointed up. I think that was the best description I could possibly give here. Okay, so again, you can always look at our Instagram. Let's do initial thoughts. What do you think? You go first this time. Um, I think that a lot of times there's, like I've talked about before, preconceived notions with a lot of these cards. And for this one that comes up, it almost looks like slavery initially um, for me um, or obsession and the darkness kind of of the background and of the column. So many of the other cards in this deck are so bright and so light. Um, I think that this card and even probably just next week's cards and the major arcana are going to be the ones that really stick out to me in terms of like their lack of color. Um, and so for me, that just kind of shows like despair. Um, I, initially, that's what I would initially think. And as a, when I first saw this card as a teenager, again, I have this idea of like, well, I don't want this to come up into a reading because who wants to get the devil card in their reading, <laughs> you know? Um, and now being a little bit older, I can look at it and kind of be like, okay, it's not necessarily exactly what I thought when I was younger. But those were my initial thoughts. What about you? you, All right, so I just noticed this. Looking at the floor, does it look like they could be standing on a checkerboard floor? But just from our perspective, we can't really see it? Yes, absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great because in if you see some of the Masonic symbolism, they use checkered floors. And what it represents is uh, kind of like an ignorance because you have the white squares and the black squares. So it represents knowing and then not knowing. Mm Mm-hmm. And chaos, really. So it's it's really where the the way they use it in the mystery traditions and in the secret societies, what it's supposed to represent is that they're people just like on a chessboard. If you think of all the pieces right on a chessboard that are being moved around. So these are people who are kind of 
um, either ignorant or nescient, which means they're either ignoring it or they're not aware that there are uh, right ways to live, you know, like natural law and right ways to be. And there's you should align your thoughts and your emotions to create action in the world because that's what people who have this all figured out, that's what they do, and that's why they are successful. So the people on the checkerboard, though, don't know that. They're just wandering around. So I, I love that. And then to add to what you said about the black background, um, I initially thought that too, but now looking at it, I think it could also represent that. In the other cards, you could see the background, you could see the mountains, you see the sky, which means that there's some things you have to deal with in the foreground, right? So you have whatever the figures are that you're looking at, mm -hmm. and then you have the background. Here, there is no background because this card is telling you that you need whatever it is it's right there it's like a dream sequence you can't see anything else you're just focused on this there's nothing else going on it's kind of like when the when time slows down like if you've ever been in a car accident or anything crazy's ever happening it's kind of like whoa how it slows down and you don't focus on anything else except for what's right in front of you but i also think looking at it just kind of piggybacking off of that it could be an inability to see anything else because you're oh, so yeah. fixated yeah, on yeah. this one thing. For sure. Uh, yeah, I think it represents all that, but it just the, it's the fixation overall. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I like that you added that. Okay, so let's go into the different aspects kind of of this card. I mean, we kind of already did describe it and discuss it, um, but let's talk about um, let's talk about the two human figures at the bottom on the left and the right. What, what do you think? I think that they represent the different energies. We've talked about this many times, mm -hmm. the masculine and the feminine energies and powers. And since they have the horns and they have that red hair, they're representing kind of like when you see the little demons on someone's shoulder, you know, like mm -hmm. in a cartoon. I think that's what they're going for with that. So it's it's those inner voices. It's the inner energies and like i talked about before it can also um or, or like i've talked about before and just mentioned you have to get these energies to work together you have to line your thoughts and your emotions work together and create you know whatever you're going to create so i i think that's really what they're going for especially with the tails you see the fire tail and then you see the the fruit tail or whatever that is so it's like the earthly motherly mother nature fruit and then the other side is like the the fire aspects, the power, I, the air. You know, I, looking at this, just kind of the entire card overall, my my overall uh, thoughts and feelings are this idea of obsession, and I wrote down addiction. So for me, not only is there the balance and of, like, masculine and feminine energies, but it also is, for me, represent, um, representing the different types of things that people can become obsessed or fixated on. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. That and, and to add to that, any kind of addiction or fixation like that, it's something that's self-imposed. It's a self-imposed tyranny, and that's represented here because these chains, and we've talked about this before, the chains are set loose upon the necks of these beings. So these beings could let themselves out of this control at any time. And that also goes back to what I said about self-control because – Self-control is something that you have to do. You have to agree to. And it, it lo I love that because anytime 
you see a story about the devil, you know, like the devil, even the, in the song, the devil went down to Georgia. You always have to make a deal with the devil mm -hmm. to sell your soul, but you have to do it willingly. Mm -hmm. You have to agree. You can't just, he can't just take you. And that's symbolized here beautifully by these chains that are set lightly. So they could just take them right off if they want. Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, that's also what I wrote down voluntarily being tethered to something that is not necessarily going to be the most positive. But now to, to go off of what you just said, let's look at this devil figure here in the center of the card. Um, I wrote down that there's um, a phrase, a, a, a common phrase, if you want to call it that, of like, uh, better the devil that you know. And for me, looking at the card, because you can actually see this devil figure, that's kind of how I identified it, of one of those like, well, this is probably better than something else. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it's a lot of times what people say like about for example, this government, they'll be like, well, you know, taxes are high and it's pretty bullshit and you know, whatever, but at least, you know, it's the best we can do. And I think that's such a cop out, you know, when people say that. I think that's that's you just um trying to be comfortable and, and if it's like the hero's journey it's like the part in the movie where the hero doesn't accept his call to action you know he just is like no i'm gonna keep fighting or whatever it is that hero i'm gonna keep playing video games man mm -hmm. you know so that's i love that yeah and i think that there's for me there's such a like because this the devil figure isn't necessarily hiding and also he's not like holding on to the chains at all so it's he could have just like flown over here and perched, but it's one of those like we're associating him with having this control, but the reality is all along the people, these human figures had the control. Yeah, they're go they're just going along with it willingly. Mm -hmm. So they're making that conscious decision to do that. Yeah, and that's like any form of um self-imposed slavery like we talked about, that's what it is. It's it's that conscious thing. So it could be negative or positive, like we said, it could be positive as in you're getting your shit together and you're making your, you're making the forces inside you work the way they're supposed to, or the negative part of it where you're making these decisions and you're chained to this devil, whatever it is, say he's like, you know, cigarette addiction or whatever, porn or I don't know, mm -hmm. whatever terrible things. But see, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, uh, you know, I love the fact that, and, and I don't even think I brought this up in the last time when we talked about it, that the wings, for me, just show that there is this uh, possibility of movement for this figure so that he's not going to be there permanently. He's not sitting on a throne. He's literally just, like, perched on this column. And I'm saying he, but it could be a she. Um, but could easily move away. And it's one of those, sometimes we even chase down those things that aren't going to be the best thing for us. So if he leaves, right, this figure leaves, these people could stay chained there or they could go and follow him somewhere else because they're so fixated on it. And they're like, no, I need that. I need that. And again, that's a conscious decision. This figure isn't forcing them to do that. Love it. You know, the mind is, is sometimes willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah, very true. <laughs> and that, that just goes back to the different powers. You know, these sayings that we're used to hearing and all this stuff. That's exactly what they mean. You have the you, you need the will. You need to will yourself to do it. Nothing is going to come to you. Nothing, you know, it's not easy. People want to learn overnight to be a great rock star. And I want to learn how to play the guitar. And then they try. And, you know, if you want to do it, mm -hmm. you got to do it, man. You got to make yourself do it. All right. Um, so for me, I'm, I feel like I've done a great job describing all of the things I wanted to talk about in this card. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up? 
Um, yeah, I just like the. I like how he's holding the torch down. Mm-hmm. It could symbolize a couple different things. One is the extinguishing of the knowledge, so he could be. If you're looking at this card negatively, he could be putting it out. But it's also represents it represents the as above, so below. Yes. So he could just be pointing the light down to show you that it's both. Mm-hmm. You know, even because he, he, if you think about that checkerboard pattern on the floor, he could be like, "This is where you have to start, and you need this knowledge." So you have to start the fire, and then you the process goes up from there. It's like the magician how he's pointing up and down. Yep. So. I love that. Um, all right. So, but anything else? Can we move on to a general reading here? Uh, what about the pentagram? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. What did you think about that? Well, the five-sided star represents a person. It could be shown to represent a person because you have the two arms, two legs, and the head. And it's just symbolized here as somebody hung upside down. Mm -hmm. So you look at the hanged man, and this could symbolize that. Yep. But... It also, it's in the satanic, uh, you know, the the way the satanic people, uh, um, Satanists view it is if you have the five-sided star with the two points down, that's the way humanity is in harmony and balance. But then when it's pointed down this way, it means that there's a control aspect going on so that there's some way that they're gaining on other people. They're gaming the system, whatever it is. They're screwing some people over so that they could become the gods of this world. Just like the devil wanted to do in this story, you know, if you think about the Christian story, how the devil was a fallen angel because he wanted to rule in heaven. Mm -hmm. And if you just take that allegory as instead of God, so you just say it's natural law, right? Which is like this idea of karma in the universe where um, you reap what you sow and... You know, if if you put bad things out into the universe, it's just going to create a bad universe. So it represents the people who didn't want to live by that. They wanted to be God. They wanted to rule. So what they did was they fell to earth, this earthly realm, and they made it so they could be the ones who rule here. Mm -hmm. So it's they're not really... um, trying to get this idea out of my head it's like giving birth to a child here (laughs) so satan he just didn't want to he represents the the people who don't actually it's the same thing about taking that journey so i was talking about the hero journey it's that that call to action and you're just ignoring that call to action it's the same thing they want to fall to earth and they want to be consumed by earthly pleasures and rule down here and they they think if they could or satan thought if he could just I feel like I'm like turning into a priest here, like a <laughs> a preacher. Um, no, I think but I've lost my idea. But um, you know what I'm trying to say. I yes, mean, I do know what you're sense? trying to say, and I think um, <laughs> I think that going off of that, that that because that pentagram is kind of right in between those two horns, it gives that for me. It kind of gives that illusion that this figure has more power, but again, that power is only there because the people are giving it to that person or that yeah, idea for sure um all right let's go into if this was came up in a general reading what would you say i actually did just have this come up in a general reading 
And literally what I said about my initial thought of like, oh, great. Look at this. That is literally <laughs> what that person said. Really? So what did you say? I just said that um, it's a fixation on an idea or because, you know, a general reading obviously has to kind of be overarching in terms of the person's whole life. You don't want to fixate on just one thing unless it literally kind of is staring you right in the eyes there in terms of the spread. So I just said that there seems to be a situation or an idea or um, a person or any of those types of things that maybe you have a fixation on um, or a lack of fixation on. And it just needs to have a little bit more focus to be able to, to be identified and then either dealt with, overcome, or you know, kind of giving into that and being like, this is something I need to do. Yeah, I like that. And I, when I, when I'm talking to somebody about this card in a general reading, I like to bring up the chains like we were just talking about, because that's one of the most overlooked mm -hmm. aspects of this card. And when I show that to people, they really are always like, oh, wow. Yeah. And it's like a aha moment for them. So, um, and then I could just kind of bring up, like you said, any kind of addiction or any behavior that is negative, where does it start? You know, who's making those decisions? It's you. You got to use your will, man. Don't do it. Right. And I think that sometimes there is a level of, um, there can be, there can be a positive about having an obsession or, um, a fixation on something because that could be also construed as motivation, you know, or, or, um, concentration on something. And that could be very positive. There's not necessarily a wrong thing about that. You know, we talked last week, um, about everything in moderation, including moderation. So sometimes having that fixation on something can be very positive. Um, but just kind of knowing when to draw the line of saying like, okay, I'm, I'm bordering now on, this is not going to be positive. Yeah. It's like the Buddhist idea of letting go of all desires, but to do that, you have to use your desire of wanting to get rid of desires. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and obviously you can't really get rid of desires, but this is more about being in control of them, you know? And it's kind of like how another way that I've heard it illustrated or that I've heard it explained was if you have a, a sliver in your finger, you might use like another sliver to take that out. But once you're done, you just discard both of them. So you, yep. you use that desire to get rid of them and then you're good. All right. Let's talk about if this comes up in a love reading. I think a lot of people would think this is very negative. I think a lot of people would think that is very negative, Ashley, because it's just such <laughs> a, I don't know, the card, it, it does look so grim right away. You're just like, ugh. And I believe it's not the card's fault. I think it's the conditioning yes. that we all went through in this society. And this is a great example we could point to and say, hey, guys, maybe we are being brainwashed. Look, look at this. It's mind control. But yeah. Um, I think that, though, it doesn't have to be negative. It could be something that's positive. Just because everybody tries telling you that this is a negative card, I could just talk about what we've been talking about most of this episode, which is these chains mm -hmm. and how if you want your relationship to be balanced, you have to get these forces together. You have to make them work. So you have to figure out what how your partner's brain works. You have to figure out what their you know, how they think and how they work. And, and if they're willing to do the same with you, then it, it's much easier, <laughs> you know. So that's good, too. So you have to get them on board if you want to make your relationship work. So I was a little bit more aggressive, I think, in my interpretation here. So for if you're in a couple 
or um, or if you do have somebody in mind when you're asking about you know a love reading or a relationship reading, I think that sometimes and maybe it just happens to be people that I talk to or people that I know or things that I see online in terms of like the people that I'm connected with on social media. But I think sometimes there is a, this obsession that comes with this initial kind of contact with a person or the initial start of a relationship, and sometimes those relationships can be toxic. And sometimes people need to hear that, like. Why are you obsessed with this person? For not, lack of a better term, like, they're a fuckboy. <laughs> like, move on with your life. Hey, I'm like, so for me, if, especially if I do know the person or if I do know the situation, it could be one of those, like, don't spend your time obsessing about this. It's not worth it. It's not worth your time. And all you're going to do is you're setting yourself up to be sad later on or disappointed and you're going to have all of these thoughts and feelings, these obsessive thoughts and feelings, and it's you're putting, you're wasting them on somebody that's not, like, that doesn't deserve that. So for me in a relationship, that's could be what I see. I could also see if you're in a relationship, maybe one person fixating on something else, and that could be at, to the detriment of that relationship. Um, so if I'm talking about addiction or obsession, this doesn't necessarily have to be with, like, drugs or alcohol. Let's say one person in the couple is obsessed with work. You know, and that could be to the detriment of the relationship. So kind of saying like, hey, you need to let go of maybe part of that and have this nice balance. Now, if you're single, and I feel like I just sound so aggressive, like who the fuck are you to give this kind of advice? But anyway, um, if you're single, I think sometimes there can be such an obsession on looking for someone. And for me, um, I think sometimes there is this idea of like I need to be in a relationship because that's where I should be at this point in my life. And you're not looking for, you know, the person. You're looking for a person. And then that becomes an obsession and an addiction. Um, so you're looking for anything as opposed to someone. Yeah, exactly. And then to add to that, where is this voice coming from? This voice that's telling you you need to be in a relationship because this is where you're supposed to be in life. It's something we talked about at the beginning of the episode. There are these voices that we have mm -hmm. internally, you know, like look both ways. And some of them are, you need to be in a relationship because that's the way it's supposed to be. And so you keep repeating that to yourself. And if I've heard this too, which I love, if you think about the amount of times that you say something to yourself in your own head about that, you know, like, so sometimes you'll just keep thinking it, you know, I need to be in a relationship. So whatever it is, think of the number that you might do it in a day. So say it's like a hundred. So if you knew somebody Right, if you had a friend that said that to you a hundred times a day, everybody would think they were crazy. They'd be like, Look at this asshole. He just keeps saying to this other mm -hmm. person, You need to be in a relationship. <laughs> so you're treating yourself like a fucking asshole. Yeah. So lighten up, man, because but I think about you're like exactly where you're need you you're exactly where you need to be. That's what I could just tell everybody. And I'm not saying you should stay there, but where you are right now, especially if you're listening to my lovely, lovely voice. It must mean that either you really like my voice or you're maybe you are trying to change yourself and make that positive change. So right where you are, you got you got to figure it out. And hopefully today's the day and you're like, shit, you know what? I got to do this. I got to stop whatever it is. I got to stop smoking crack. <laughs> so you can use that to change it. But, but Brandon, I think there's this this idea in pop culture of like, think about the book, The Secret. It's like if you put it out into the universe, it's going to happen. And so if you do say to yourself a hundred times a day, I need to be in a relationship, I need to, you've been conditioned to say like, if I keep saying this, it will happen. And it's yeah. like, 
no, and again, it will. You're right. It will manifest, but it won't be the relationship that you want. So exactly, I'm exactly. not saying not to say that. So you could wake up every morning. Okay, so that's great. You're right. That that highlights the positive aspects of this because if you can train yourself to say positive affirmations in your head every day, like, oh, I can't. That's what. That's what the little engine. That little story. I think I can. I think I can. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what they're trying to get instilled into children, which is great, but. It just didn't work enough for most people. So we need to do that to ourselves. We need to be our own little engines and say to ourselves, hey, I am going to find a healthy relationship. And I'm going to be, you know, if you just keep saying this over and over again, but you also have to align your actions with your thoughts. That's the part that they don't tell you. You know, they want to sell you this secret, but the real secret is you have to align your thoughts along with your emotions to create action, you know, so... And then you have to use this action to to do what you want to do. Um, so, yeah, I love it. All right, I think it's that's all what this card is about to me. You know, it, it really is about that balance. And I think that for my for me, the interpretation I took of this card was if I was going to call it anything, it would be called tough love. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Definitely. All right, so let's move on to a career reading. If this came up in a career focused reading, what would you say? All right, you go first. Um, I just went back to, again, the same type of fixation I was talking about before. What if you're obsessed with work or you're fixated on something at your job and it's not going to be to your benefit to be focused on that? Um, But I also just kept going back to the whole idea of, like, work-life balance because I think there's, like, this idea of being so dedicated because you think that that dedication is going to prove that you're, like, a great worker. And, And often it's to the detriment of yourself. You know, like you are chained, literally like chained to your desk. Yeah. And it, it, that goes back to, the again, where is this coming from? Is this a voice inside your head that says, hey, if you're not working, you're a piece of shit. You need mm-hmm. to work. You need to have a job. You need to, which, yeah, it's great to sustain yourself and to take care of yourself and have money and have a life. But like you said, where's the balance? Right. You need to have balance. And and then also to add to what I what I just said is, why are you focusing so much on work? Is there a problem? Are you using it as a form of escapism? Is there something, is there some journey, like we talked about the hero's journey, that you need to go on? You need to go toward those mountains and overcome them, but you're just putting it off, so instead you're hiding at your job because you look like you're doing what you're supposed to do and society's going along with it, but you still have that anxiety. Right. That's what happens. People get that anxiety and then they take a pill instead of... You know, go to try stand-up comedy or whatever the hell it is you want to do. If you want to be a singer, listen, go do it, man. Go be a singer. You got the internet. Look at the fucking get-up. You know what I'm saying? Look, <laughs> look at Soldier Boy. You know, you could do it. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts here on the devil card? Um, Let's see. Let me let me take one last gander at this card and see if there's anything. No, I think, I think we can leave it there for now. All right, cool, because I'm so excited to talk about these other two. So, you know, at yeah. this point in the – the podcast, what we normally do is focus on a uh, different interpretation of the same cards we've already talked about. So we're going to talk again about the Ace of Swords, and we're going to talk about the Devil card, but it's a different image because it's a different deck. So Brandon normally does these descriptions, and then we just kind of give like our overall thoughts on these. We don't get that deep into it, but I kind of do with this Devil card because, wow. All right. Okay, let's do the Ace of Swords first. Yes. This is the Alistair Crowley deck, the Thoth deck. And let's see what we have here. So, right in the middle is a green sword 
that looks like the hilt of the sword is two moons, two crescent moons, and in between them there's two circles. And then we have, at the top of the sword, there's a crown. It looks like a crown of light, I would say. There's just these rays protruding from it. Um, in the back, way background, there's looks like a sky that could be maybe a starlit sky. And then as you come toward the center, it changes to blue. And as you go down, it becomes yellow, and there's dots, and then it turns into what looks like maybe diamonds. And then under that looks like it could be maybe a setting sun or rising sun. And then around that are clouds. And the last thing I could say is on the handle of the sword, it looks like it's a snake. And then, oh yeah, also in the middle on the bottom of the sword, it looks like there's some type of a writing or symbols written in there. Mm-hmm. So what did you think initially when you saw this? Um. Okay, so... Um... I think this card is so beautiful. Again, I just kind of gravitate more towards, like, cooler colors, and the yellow-blue combination for me is just, like, very calming and soothing. Um, I wrote down, again, like, uh, idea of Excalibur. This looked very heavenly versus the one that seemed a little bit more earthly for the Rider weight one, even though it was being handed by this this hand from a cloud. This just looks, because it's, like, floating. It's, like, very ethereal. I said it's a blessed tool, heavenly intervention, and it's a giving of gifts. So kind of like the giving of gifts from a higher being. Mm, yeah, I like that. Like the bestowing of consciousness or mm-hmm. some type of idea maybe. I like how, uh, for me, it looks like there was darkness. Kind. Of, okay, so you think of the, the creation story in Genesis. Like, let there be light. That's what mm-hmm. I think about when I see this sword. So maybe the sword is representing the word, the idea, because everyone, you know, they say the universe is spoken into existence. Let yep. there be light. Fiat lux is actually the uh, the original Latin term, the first words ever spoken. It's supposed to be in creation, mm-hmm. which is fiat means let there, and then lux is light, or let there be light. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm getting with this, the whole Genesis thing, initial creation, the sun coming up for the first time. Yep. And so, um, you know, I think it's very interesting. (laughs) I'm going to just give you a little bit of background here. And this does have a a, a reason behind it. Um, When you talked about the writing on the sword, right, I was like, okay, um, initially when I saw it, when I was focused on it, I'm like, okay, these are ancient Greek letters. And I minored in theology in college. And one of the classes I took was called Revelation, the Nightmare of God. So I feel very confident in being able to discuss that book. But one of the things we did in that class was we learned ancient Greek letters, the ancient Greek alphabet, to be able to read the text as it was originally written. So I was able to identify all of these letters, and I literally wrote these out in my notes. And so I wrote down each of the letters, what they actually were, and then what kind of would be the English interpretation of that letter. Right. And so then I was like, well, what the hell does that even mean? Because it's not a word that we would actually be able to use. Right. Um, Or it's not something we would be able to we normally would say. And it was the word itself is um, was created and developed by Aleister Crowley. How weird is that? And you looked into it. I did. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. And it means to will, wish, want or purpose. What's the word? Um, so the way that it would be written out would be T-H-E-L-E-M-A. Oh, Thelema? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Thelema is actually a, um, 
I, I guess it must be what maybe he created them, but it's it's a form of um, hermeticism, I believe. So it's it's like a uh, not like I don't want to say like a religion or a belief system, but more like the hermetic tradition. It's a form of that. Mm-hmm. It's like secret society kind of stuff. Yeah, yep. that's great. Awesome. I didn't know that. Look at you killing it over here. Oh, well. <laughs> but again, it's like I had a background in doing that. So I was like, oh, I was able to identify most of them. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Why would it be there? And so I think, again, to have it be written on the sword, that's why I went into this idea of this, like, divine kind of gift. Yeah. And what did you, when you looked into that word, what did it say that it meant? It said it meant um, will wa- uh, to will, wish, want, or purpose. And it says it's often re- uh, regarded as a new religion. It referred to um, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Oh, yeah, do what thou wilt. And that's something that actually gets misinterpreted because do what, do what thou wilt is it's supposed to mean do as thy will says. So it's like the Dharma, which means basically following your path. We, mm-hmm. we talked about following your intuition. That's what it means. But people use it like, for example, Satanists or somebody or, or try to, people that try to accuse him of being a Satanist will say that it just means do whatever you want. Like do what thou will. You could just do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. But that's not, I believe, what he meant from what I've read and heard people interpret. So, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, for me, the other things I, I wanted to point out, out on this, um, I said it gives obviously a tie into the ancient Greek. Um, and for me, that gives it back to that religious kind of um, subtext because most of our religious texts in Christianity were written in ancient Greek, like common Greek. It wasn't like the um, learned Greek. It was the common kind of language, kind of slang. And so that's why if you want to actually read those texts, that's what you should learn because then you can understand what they were actually writing, not an interpretation of an interpretation of an interpretation. Yeah, because it was written for the common people because it's, in my view, it's used as a means of control. And I'm not trying to, sh- I'm not trying to shit on anyone's religion. I'll just say um, what I'm just trying to say is, like we talked about before, what what Jesus said or what is attributed to God. Those words are great words to live by. But when people use that to use, you know, when they people use that to for any form of control to have people go to war, if they use that to collect taxes for their own good or just to build power, you know, you got to know that's a bad thing. So. But on the flip side, I'm also going to say, you know, it was written in this common Greek because those are the people that it most appealed to because those yeah. are the people that needed that kind of inspiration or that kind of um, support. Those yeah, ideas. yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's true too. Because a lot of the other people in Greece were the philosophers, so they're talking about kind of different ideas. <laughs> and say. so the other thing I wrote down, I said I love that there's a combination of the light and the dark. It felt like such a nice balance here. And even in the crown, on one side it looks blue, which we which I I could identify as night, and on the other side is yellow. And then I said the waxing and waning crescent moons on the handle. Um, for me, were and even then the little like um circles in between those again was representational of a cycle or a full um just kind of going through something seeing it from beginning to end yeah so those were those were my overall thoughts on the entire card i like it 
You want to move? Well, I, the only thing I would like to add, I think, is maybe the snake, talking about the snake on the handle, because the snake represents many different things. It represents the goddess, but it also, rep- which is because it represents the earth. It represents, because it's the lowest creature, supposedly, I've talked about this before, it goes on its belly. Mm-hmm. I think they even say that in the Bible. Um, so it's representative of that earthly power of mother nature, the goddess, and possibly where this power is coming from or the, what you need, you know, it could also represent that you need to understand nature to understand yourself or even better yet, understand yourself first to understand nature. Mm-hmm. If you want to use this power because we all are part of nature. You know, like a lot of people like to look at it as we're not part of it. You know, we put ourselves in these houses and away from it, but we are mm-hmm. part of nature. Everybody, I hate to tell you. <laughs> All right, I think we can move on. I'm so excited for this next card. Uh, yeah, I could tell. I can hear <laughs> it in your voice. You, what? Do you want to describe it? No, I do not. Literally, I was like, I don't even know. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll give a quick description. I just recommend everyone go to our Instagram at terrible two t a r o t b u l l the number two hashtag take back the bull. All right, so <laughs> in the middle, there's a goat with three eyes. He's got these horns that are spiral, spiraling, excuse me, out. And right behind him, it looks like what could be like maybe some kind of tree trunk or like an explosion coming up behind him with a circle above it. So that's right above his head. Underneath him, there are two circles on each side. And it looks like there's beings inside these circles. One of them, it looks like they are all kind of like praying to him. And then the other one, someone's standing on them and pushing the other people down. And then if you focus back out on either side of this goat, it looks like there's some kind of webs, maybe. I can't really explain what they are. You have to see them for yourself. In front of the goat, there is, it looks like a pole sticking up with two wings on it and snakes maybe coming out of it also. Again, Definitely check out this card on our Instagram. But yeah, I got to say, looking at the card and hearing you describe it, I'm like, yeah, that was a good description. Why, thank you. Yeah. It is an amazing card. Okay, initial thoughts. I wrote down very, very phallic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because in the background, too. Looks like, yeah. Uh, wow. Please, please tell me you saw that. They're being pretty obvious. No, yeah, I didn't right? even really see that. Oh, you my know God. <laughs> That's all I saw. What does that say? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, you know what it is? It's just because this goat, like, I just feel mesmerized every time I look at this card. It's like the um, Hypnotoad. If you ever seen Futurama, Hypnotoad. It's like the like TV. You just stare at it. But the way he's just looking at me with that third eye, too. I'm like, what's going on? And that smile kind of smirk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and, and you also, off. you know, I don't know if you know this. I don't, I'm not really looking at a lot, like, interested in looking at dick all the time. <laughs> not saying you are, but wow. because you're a female. Okay. You know, you're more interested in penis than I am. <laughs> I'm only interested in one of them. <laughs> so. But now that I say that, you see it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could 
totally see it now, yeah. Okay. Um, so that's <laughs> Especially the first... if it's upside down. That's hilarious. I know. Okay, so that's the first thing that I wanted to point out because, like, that is all literally the first thing. I was like, wow. My eye doesn't even go to the goat. <laughs> it doesn't. Um, but... Yeah, now I actually feel silly that I didn't see that before. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's a dick um, and balls. Exactly. Um, but I have a lot to say about all the different parts of this. Um, I bet you do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, the first thing I did want to talk about. Look at that shaft. I tell you. <laughs> was talking about the ink blots <laughs> on the background. Because for me, um, on the right-hand side, at the bottom, it looks like a bird. And okay, yeah. on the left side, it almost looks like a person wearing a hat. Yeah. And yeah, I like think- a top hat. Exactly. And so I wrote down, it was like almost like one of those like Rorschach tests where it's like, you can see whatever you want to see. And this is what I see. And it's like, everyone can have a different interpretation. It's not really a solid figure, right? I'm not saying for sure this is a bird and for sure this is a person with a top hat. That's just what I see. You know, it's like clouds. Um, So I kind of love the idea that this is the background for this card because it gives the idea of, you know, everyone has a different perspective and everyone can have different demons or devils. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I also wrote down um, that the circles down at the bottom, right? Um, so I said that there's two circles, and um, if you're looking behind the figures, it almost looks like it's um, going through, like, mitosis or meiosis, like cell division, because oh, you have right. these two little things on the sides, and in the center it almost kind of looks like um, chromosomes that are being split mm-hmm. apart. Right. And so um, and that's in both of them, which, again, ties back into our like sexual reproduction kind of idea and cell division and how things grow and and mutate and stuff like that. Um, But I said that um, it's like splitting yourself in half. You're no longer a full person if you have these inner demons or devils that you're so fixated on. Because you're yeah. so obsessed, you're you're fixated, and and you're not able to focus on anything else. So half of your mind slash body is so focused on that, and that makes you unable to be like a full functioning human being. Yeah, for sure. And I like the the beings on either side the way they're depicted because on the left hand side it looks like they're praying and they're like merciful. Yep. It's it's like the feminine energy, and then the right hand side you see this bull guy who's stepping on other people to get where he needs. It's like that masculine, strong energy. Like he's holding everyone down. He's the leader. So if you, you know, you ever watch Rick and Morty, if you think of the episode where they go through the detoxifier and like their toxic parts of them get left behind, it's a great episode. I recommend it if you haven't seen it, because that'll illustrate this perfectly because you need both sides of you to function you need the light and the dark that's what like the yin and yang is all about i was trying to tell you in some of these that's why religion or even some of the new age stuff they talk about only focusing on the light and then that that what that does is it causes you to repress the darkness and i'm not saying it's bad to focus on the light because sometimes you know if we live in a society that we live in now where a lot of people focus on negativity and there's a lot of negativity out in the world. It is good to be positive, but you can't just be all positive. What I think the better advice to give to a person and what I found works for me is to align it so I'm not all the way in the dark, but I'm more in the middle. So I can look at things realistically and uh, be a whole person. So, I think and that's, so... that's what it takes to create a person. So I think that's why they show that the two balls are going to mm-hmm. shoot out, you know. 
Yeah. I think it's so interesting that you took that perspective because I said for the left, um, the left circle, it says it looks like they're praising or worshiping. And the right one, I said they look like they're fighting, but like it's like the ideas of like crabs in a bucket of like you can't climb out because they're other they're always trying to drag you down. And I mm-hmm. said I wrote down why are there two different viewpoints? And I said it's the idea sometimes we think something is good, so we have like this adoration of it, but then we become enslaved to it and we can't get out from underneath of it. You know, it can start off as good as pleasant, but then you have a dependence develop um, for, and then you know different people have different perspectives on the same vice. So some people think it's great, and they're like, this is awesome, you know, maybe in moderation, or I'm going to do this all the time, and then everyone else is like, no, this is horrible. Yeah. Well said. I told you, I got, like, really into this. Maybe because I was just like, wow, this just hit me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe because it's a big dick, I don't know. (laughs) Busted. Um... And so for me, let's then I, the last thing I just want to talk about was the goat. And I think what was so important that you said that, you know, obviously he has the third eye, but like he does kind of have that smirk. And I think that for me, that was like a, the temptation part of it. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Because it definitely seems more appealing than the devil and the rider weight, which has like this very serious and stern face. This almost looks like inviting, you know, and like mm-hmm. for somebody like I, you know, really like animals would be like, oh, look smiling you know yeah i i think that um i like that but the way i'm looking at this the way his smile is kind of like now his third eye is open Mm -hmm. which means he's attained this consciousness so he's take he's taken his thoughts he's taken his emotions you know he's balanced them he's put them on the same page he's used them to create action which is, it's like, so I've heard this explained recently, if you use the three parts of the brain, you have like the, the reptile, the brain stem, and then above that you have um, the limbic system where you have emotion that comes in. And then above that is the neocortex, which can be activated when you have the other two in balance, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're stuck in a fear mode of living where you're afraid of everything and you're always worried, and that's the... Mode, the mode that you're using to create your life, you know, that you're getting up every day and you're worried about this, you're worried about your bills, you're worried about your kids, you're worried about dying, whatever it is, and that's you're using that force to go forth in life, you're in the lower mind, you're in the reptile mind, so you're more susceptible uh, and you're more reactive, right? So then if you can get up in your emotions, but then you have to learn how to use them together, like we said, with the balance, and then you're using the neocortex, the top part of your brain so that's what it is you're opening that third eye like he's doing and he's kind of smirking because he's looking at the world and he's seeing it for what it really is so it's kind of like hmm see and i could say if you're saying he's enlightened it's one of those he has that knowledge of knowing like i'm gonna give you this opportunity to do whatever you want it's up to you what you want to do with it yeah yeah exactly the choice is yours um, but those are all the notes I had on this one for me. Yeah, I think that's that's about it for this card. Um, the only other thing I wanted to talk about is I wanted to say yay because I don't know if you guys know this. If you're listening on Comedy LOL, you can listen that way still. But if you go to Terrible.com, we've made our own webpage for the Terrible podcast. So those of you that have been with us from the beginning, thank you for listening. 
And now you can go to terrible.com and you can go to anywhere that you get podcasts and you can put in terrible and it should come up in there. Um, or you could still listen to comedy, LOL, because I'm going to still put them up this way because I don't want to lose anybody. But, um, yeah, That's so I just so wanted exciting. to say that. Yeah, Yay. it's very exciting. Yay, us. <laughs> woo So thank you guys for listening and being part of this milestone now that we're talking about swords. And now that we're into the fall, I know the summer is coming to an end. And officially it's coming to a close soon, too. And mm-hmm. people are sad about it. But you shouldn't be sad because it's time to move on. It's time for pumpkin spice. Yep. And it's time for Halloween. It's time for basic bitches. So, Gosh, yeah. Bitches. What's that? I said basic witches. Basic witches. Yeah, I keep yes. forgetting to say that. <laughs> and then next week, we'll talk about the Two of Swords and the Tower card. All right. I cannot wait. All right, guys. Thank you for listening so much. And go to ComedyLOL.com. And now you can go to Terrible, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L.com to find us. And we'll see you next week. Network.